podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, Robbo here. You're listening to the Blues Focus Podcast. Keep right on. Hi Blue fans, Marlon King here. You're listening to the Blues Focus Podcast. Keep right on. Hello and welcome to the Blues Focus Podcast with me, your host, John Graham. Well, here we are, start of a new season, um, our first review. And as ever, please remember to subscribe to whatever, however you're consuming this content, whether that be on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast. And please leave your comments, share, spread the word. I think we got quite a lot of traction towards the end of last season and now we're we're back into it. A lot, a lot of momentum, uh, a lot of, uh, I think, a good feeling vibe about the club. So, yeah, please share it. We've got a lot to talk about, I think, over the coming weeks. And certainly if anything last night was anything to go by, then uh, it's going to be a lot different to who it was last season. So, um, so anyway, before we get into that, uh, Carl, how are you, my friend? Yes, good. Sore, tired, but uh, 100% worth it, mate. Every time. And Tom, yourself? Exactly the same, mate. Sore throat, uh, tired, <laughs> uh, heads banging, but it was all worth it. What, what? Just what a game! What a day! It yeah. Couldn't have, couldn't, couldn't have been any better. Yeah. Um, so I, I think lot, lots to talk about, I and mean, I think we'll probably cover off a little bit, a little bit pre-season. We really tuck into tomorrow, but uh, for the first time this season, lads, let's get involved. And um, <laughs> fabulous, fabulous stuff last night. I mean, I. Uh, it's going to be difficult, I think, to keep this on track because uh, I think we'll be sort of here, there and everywhere. But I, I was just saying to Carl before we, we, we started this, that um, pre-season uh, always a bit of a mixed bag for Blues. And I think we've, we've, we've sort of watched a lot of really good ones uh, and then the season's sort of flattered to deceive. And I think we'd probably all be in agreement, certainly after the Northampton and the Albion results, that we hoped it would be part of a, of a master plan or we were going to be in for a very long season. So, Tom, I'll come to you first, just before we talk about last night. So, it, I think it's worth spending a couple of minutes just around, you know, the pre-season, the business, and I, I suppose your your thoughts as we, as we came into that first game yesterday. Um, I was I was obviously excited, but uh, like like many, um, when we saw the lineup yesterday, um, I initially thought, okay, Judging from that lineup, you'd think 4-4-2. And then obviously when it came to the game, that wasn't the case. It was a 3-5-2. But before the first game of the season, I always expected us to line up in a 3-5-2 for the first game of the season. Because like Boya said, you know, for him, pre-season, pre-season friendlies weren't about tactics. They were just about fitness, warming up, and that he always plays 4-4-2. So um, no, I never really expected to see much, nothing special. Maybe maybe little little bits of uh, what to expect but nothing major because like we saw in preseason we uh, we like to keep the ball a bit more um and we were trying to keep the ball on the floor a little bit um but play it out from the back and uh, you know if anyone was going to ping a long ball it would be Ryan Woods uh, however, Mark Roberts clearly hasn't lost that uh, that Beckham talent, judging from uh, yesterday. So, uh, no, I think I, I didn't really want to base much off preseason because, you know, I think too many people had a bit of a meltdown, let's be honest, um, yeah. including myself at times. You know, I did start to think, OK, maybe not. But then when when you listen to Bowyer, you know, you, you're filled with confidence. 
And uh, I, I believe in our manager and what he says when he says uh, about friendlies just being a warm-up. And that proved to be the case from yesterday's performance. And I think we thoroughly deserve the win, but we'll uh, chat about that more in a bit. But the signings, really pleased, really exciting season. You know, we've, beat, we've beaten off some stiff competition for the likes of Sanderson, including Sheffield United themselves. And um, yeah, some shrewd little signings, some decent business like Graham and whatnot. But I think Chung's probably the marquee signing. Well, I have no doubt that we'll be, we'll be coming on to him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and, and I think you're right. I think from, from what you were saying there, um, Bowie just gives you confidence. Yeah. You know, he, he can do an interview after a 4-0 loss to Albion and you, you're still there, okay, well, <clears throat> he probably understood more about the team during that and it's a part of the learning process for him and the team than, you know, we're at the business end now, you know, points are on the, you know, available and, I think he's he's definitely got to the situation where all his learns are done, and he I think he probably knew that he's starting eleven pretty much what it would be. Um, so yeah, Carl, what, what were you, what were your thoughts just around you know because we were talking about the Albion game um, yeah. and people melting down, and let, let's be honest, we have got a bit of course and distance for melting down because we've been <laughs> in the bottom fucking pie for how long? So you know we. You can only go with what your your recent experiences are. Um, but we, were you concerned and, and, you know, sort of on the build-up to the game, what, what were your thoughts going into, into this season? I wasn't that concerned with the Albion game, purely because for 45 minutes we went toe-to-toe with them. And I think there were times in that friendly where certainly the first half we looked good, we looked to play some good football uh, and retain the ball a lot more than we have done, which again was evidenced by last night. With Blues, you just never know what you're going to get, do you? You know, and I jokingly said to, to one of my mates last week after the game when I was on the way back, actually, I said, we're going to go go to Sheffield and turn over United now. 100%, it's going to happen. That's Blues for you. And I, and I agree with what you just said, John, to be honest. Like, Bo, you just, he still gives you that confidence. He in, At no point has he ever faltered in what he wants to do, what he thinks of the team and the belief he has in the players. And I think that's something that players probably since before Monk went maybe yeah. haven't experienced yeah. you know and for the likes of, of Harley Dean and players like that you know Monk believed in those players and look what happened you know even with the nine point deduction and I think we've got a manager who doesn't just believe in his philosophy he believes in the players he believes in the club he believes in the fans and he's I mean probably argue that he did it before but he's on his way to uniting the club again like we haven't seen again since that Monk season since maybe Rowett even yeah um, and yeah, I, I just, I was a bit nervous going into last night purely because who we were playing, obviously, naturally when you're playing a, a team that's come down for the Prem in the opening game, you're always going to be a bit, ooh, but you know what? I think after that, we've shown that our players play with no fear. They'll take anyone, stand up to anyone and go toe to toe with them and yeah, bring on the next 45 games. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think that, um, he, he wouldn't say it. Um, but I think it was in, certainly in the post-match interview, it probably was a good time to play them, if, if we're being brutally honest. Um, it's a bit like the, the sides that get promoted from the Championship to the Prem. You don't want to play them the first five games because they've still got that momentum and that belief. And I think the flip side is relevant as well when, people, when, when sides get relegated and certainly the season that Sheffield United had, which was an absolute horror story. Um, I, I do think that, you know, that was a really, really good time to play them. And we'll, we'll talk about the fans, which, you know, I mean, you guys were there. Unfortunately, I wasn't. I was watching from afar. But 
yeah, I mean, it, it, you can't fail to be just just the pride of just seeing two and a half thousand there sold out really quick, and it, and it just it will have an impact. There's it's not you know sort of living the dream and blues fans just sort of saying how great we are, but the reality is on a on a Saturday night eight o'clock two and a half thousand there. It just speaks volumes about, I think, where we go in this season. Uh, who knows where that's going to take us? But I tell you what, as far as the starting day is concerned, I can't, I can't remember a more positive starting day to a season. I just can't remember one. I can't, and I don't know whether that's because we come from such a low position from a motivation point of view, but I cannot remember being this sort of positive about the start of a blue season. Um, and don't get me wrong, if we got Dick 4-0, then it'd been here we are, here we go again. But we didn't, and it just yeah. sort of followed that momentum through. So anyway, so let, let, let's I'll, I'll let you two guys talk. You were there. So um so Tom, start with you. So when you saw the team, I mean, I, I guess we are let, let's go back to what we did last year. So what what, what are you expecting? Uh and what did you want to see? Was there a massive disparity between the two? Um, to be honest, it was it was really difficult um, to sort of give a, uh, I suppose, a predicted 11 or what I'd have preferred because it really depended on what system we were going to go for. Um, but I always felt that Bowie was going to go for that 3-5-2 because he likes it. And I think we played well uh, last 10 games using that system. And, um, you know, that's that's how his success has come at Charlton with that with that same formation. So, um, yeah, I, to be perfectly honest, I actually expected him to start Castillo. Um, I thought he would because he's a natural left wing back. And uh, I thought he might, you know, he might put him in there because teams might not expect us to play Castillo because we haven't used him in pre-season. So maybe a hard one to plan for. But no, that wasn't the case. And obviously, when, when like I said, when I saw the lineup, I thought, oh, must be 4 4 2, surely. But then when you see us start playing, it's like, oh, right. Okay. So Ped's left centre back, who was phenomenal, by the way. Um, you know, it was it was weird. It was like, mm, Jeremy Bella, left wing back. Okay. First half, it was, uh, he was a little bit meh. Uh, but second half really, you know, took it took that kind of left wing back role by the scruff of the neck and just made it his own. And um, you know, he'll improve. He will improve. Uh, but there were there were signs there that he could defend, and hopefully he can develop on that side of his game, and we can continue playing him there because his delivery is his best asset, and that showed again yesterday. Um, so no, the lineup I was happy with. I expect the midfield was probably the easiest one to predict. Yeah. Um, we always knew he'd probably go for Woods and Gardner. That seems to be a partnership that he likes. Um, so, you know, I'm all for it. We all knew Juki would start. And um, I suppose, personally, I wanted to see Hogan start after such a good pre-season for him. Um, so I was happy with that. But his game in general, passing the ball was was good. But uh, obviously the end product, as we all know, wasn't wasn't there, unfortunately. A bit like last season, but we'll, we'll get more into that in a bit. Yeah, I think we said because um, I know you're very much in the four four two camp, Tom, and yeah, <laughs> I, I, and I'm I'm definitely in the three five five two just from back in the day when I was managing team and stuff. And I think we talked about sort of Victor Moses when he when it, when Chelsea, I think they won the league, and he, he was never ever played that position. And I just think if you can find a player that's got that intact, attacking intent and the quality of delivery like Bella's got. 
but you can chuck him in as a wing back. You've basically got two for the price of one. Yeah. If he can defend. So I was really, really chuffed with that because at the moment we're trying to probably fit in lots of players, but we just we're just running out of positions because the, the defense will pick itself. And as you said, those center that center midfield two, um, it feels like a good balance, but then you've got you, there's a lot of players that need to come in to give us that creativity. So, so Carl, on that, were you? So, when you saw that, the, I guess the lineup, <clears throat> happy or any concerns about maybe being a little bit pragmatic, or how, how did you think it would play out? I was very much like Tom, very happy with with the the lineup. I was a little bit surprised that Chong was starting, I guess, because I think naturally I just assumed Sanchez would play, um, but. I mean, obviously, Chong went on to prove me wrong there. Um, but when they lined up and Bellows at left wing back, I definitely had reservations about that. Like, we've all seen him defend. And I was just a bit, oh, not sure about it. Um, but yeah, I, I think most of the lineup picked himself. Again, I thought Hogan should have started over Leco, which obviously he did. Um, because I always feel that Duke and Hogan just have a bit more of a better partnership. Okay, it's not necessarily one of the most fruitful uh, at times, I mean, obviously, there was that period at the start of 2020 where obviously it was really good. Um, but yeah, I I was quite happy with it generally. Um, the only one I again I was surprised that if we were going with the left wing back that Castillo wasn't playing. Um, but yeah, there was there was nothing there that really worried me, um, other than maybe Sarkic as well. I'm still jury still out on him a little bit. Um, I know he's young and and things like that, but this is. Well, it's one step down from the top level, and you've you've got to be a, a good player and a good keeper to play in the championship. Um, but other than that, yeah, fairly happy with it. Yeah, and, and I think with um, from from my point of view, I saw um, some pictures of uh, Etheridge on social media a couple of days ago. Looks like he's lost a bit of weight, yeah. um, which of course he you know given given what he's been through, it's probably understandable. From a positive point of view, I think he probably had it to lose because um, he, you know, he's a big lad. Um, and I think for me, it's going to be how quickly can we get him back? I'm, I'm not going to just go into it, but he was, apart from maybe a run of four or five games, exceptional last season. And he's got the the pedigree. He's got the experience. Uh, I think the lad that we've got in at the moment, um, yeah, it, I'll, I'll cover that in a minute. But I, I just think that, it's 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 like you said. It's it, this is a tough tough division, and you can't have, you know, you just can't have that sort of ongoing feeling of this could be a problem. You know, you, yeah. you, we need to have confidence all the way through. But yeah, well, let, let's 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 go into the to the game. So I, I, first and foremost, we get into it. So you were both there. Just first game of the season. Uh, we're back back into to grounds. I mean, I was at Northampton, which was hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Loved it every single minute, even though we lost. It was just brilliant value. Um, so, how was it? So, uh, Carl, I'll, I'll open up with you because you travelled the furthest. So, that was a good effort. Um, yes. So, so what, how how did that feel for you? But what was that like? I mean, it was just phenomenal. Um, once you'd actually got there, I mean, I think we ended up in Sheffield at about like one o'clock, two o'clock, something ridiculous like that. So uh, I was left wandering around a little bit. But um, yeah, it was just as sort of more and more fans arrived from both clubs, it was built, you know, it was just so nice to be part of that atmosphere again, which was just so great. Um, and even walking up to ground, but bumped into Tom outside the ground as yeah. well as we were going in and stuff. And <laughs> like the, the Blues fans and the Sheffield fans were going at each other a little bit. Um, 
because they obviously have a quite a big pub right opposite the away end, which seems like a, a fantastic plan to have in yeah. my in my <laughs> uh, in my uh, estimation. But yeah, it was just, just the whole atmosphere from from the minute kind of Blues fans started arriving. You just it was just special, and and no doubt, obviously, when we were at uh, home uh, Tuesday night against Colchester, and obviously next weekend against Stoke, it's going to be the same. But that was just it was just phenomenal, and it's just from outside the ground to in. And Bo, you said it in his interview actually, where he said he could hear them outside the stadium when they were you know in the changing rooms and stuff and and that sums it up for me like literally it was just non-stop from uh well from bef- well before the turnstiles opened until one, yeah. we walked even before we walked out the ground i mean it was still going as we were getting out the ground and guys were heading to their coaches it was just absolutely phenomenal to be a part of and i don't know anyone that probably doesn't have any bruises this morning to be perfectly honest yeah. um but you know it was just incredible to be amongst all that again you know it's I think it's just testament to how much we've missed it. You know, there's nothing like being there live watching it, is there? And it, it was, a, there was a little bit of emotion there, I think, for a lot of people because it's just, just cathartic in a release. Stressful, yeah. but cathartic at the same time. And it, it was just wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And to be honest with you, I'd do it all over again, not going to lie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, we, we, all of us have said it sort of, um, certainly when Bowie has been back and maybe even before that, I think probably every every sort of football fan when they're they're really close to it and they're passionate about the team, they think that you know no other fan can feel it the way that we do. Um, I'm obviously I don't believe that. I think you know we have got the best supporters. Uh, I think we've been through so much over the years, and we I think we suffered more than the most by not having fans there. Well, a because we'd have probably got a current crowd earlier. Um, it, because we are so vocal, it means so much to us and. I absolutely love watching all the stories on social media from people I don't know. They're Blues fans. I follow them. I've got a clue who they are. But just seeing that story develop, you know, from the, you know, the drinking on the coach to before the game to when the goal goes in to when the, you know, Bowie is up and, and sort of, you know, clapping the fans for making, you know, for turning up. I mean, all those stories are just phenomenal. And, uh, you know, we, we've, we've all missed that. Uh, but it does make you feel just immensely proud to be a Blues fan because we just we've got this momentum and it's fantastic. So, so Tom, how how was your journey? I know you you went up on the on the coach and how was that? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, you know, I I feel like it was a bit like the calm before the storm in a way. Um, a lot of anticipation, um, very excited, and then the second you step off the coach, it's just noise. It's just pure noise. It was brilliant. Um, really enjoyed it. Obviously, uh, got my uh, got my program as always. Um, then got some food, and then went. Uh, obviously, bumped into Carl, and then we went straight in. And then, funnily enough, it turned out me and Carl weren't actually sat far yeah. away from each other. <laughs> like a couple of roads, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, literally, it was like a couple of roads in front of me. So, um, yeah, no, crazy one, but um, really, it was brilliant. It, even in the concourse before the game, it was fantastic. It was amazing. Mental scenes. Um, there was about a thousand Tebelis. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, plenty of drinks flying and whatnot, but uh, no, great game. Really enjoyed the uh, journey up there. And uh, where, where do you even start with the first half? Well, I, mean, I think I, so. Let's that's a good segue, Tom. Well, uh, you you brought it up, so let's get it. Let's get amongst yeah. it. So, so first half. Um, well, yeah, I mean, let's take it from the get go. Felt like a decent first ten for us, and then. You know, uh, and then beyond that, I think the 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 game sort of 
fitted into a mould for the, you know, I guess for the 90s. So are you happy, were you happy with the first half? How did you, how did you see it? Um, yeah, I was, I was very happy. I think from minute one, we made them uncomfortable. I mean, yeah, people can talk about, oh, Sheffield United had 70% possession. What did they do with that possession? Exactly. Like they did nothing. They were forced into uncomfortable areas. Um, they didn't play the way they wanted to play. And um, that was all down to our positioning. Uh, I thought we were fantastic. And then when we do get the ball, we're effective. But I think one of our biggest assets yesterday was to Heath Chong's pressing up top. The amount of times we won the ball high up the field and looked to really counter when Sheffield United didn't have many men back. If we can do that for the rest of the season, we could we could score a lot more goals than we yeah. did last year, that's for sure. Um, but no, the pressing was brilliant, but it was done at the right times. The tackling was always accurate. There was nothing where you were like, oh, uh, you know, concerned. Um, Harley Dean did his usual messy, um, you know, his, his run being the next Ronaldo, but it actually paid off for a change. Um, so no, there was a lot of confidence. I think that was the biggest thing. There was confidence, and we were all worried after that 4 0 bashing at home to Baggies. It, although it was a friendly, everyone was like, Oh no, confidence right before the season starts. Um, so yeah, there was always going to be worry, but no, we made them uncomfortable, and they didn't really look like scoring other than when they hit the post. Um, so you know, and I'd like to think Sarkic had that covered, um, anyway. Uh, but, you know, I want to put, pick him out in particular um, because despite having such a poor pre-season, and I think he'd admit that himself, he was fantastic yesterday. Um, he looked like he was oozing confidence, uh, put himself about. And although he didn't have too much to deal with shot-stopping-wise, his general job, just claiming the ball and always beating the defender, he was fantastic. Really, really impressed. And if you can keep that confidence... Uh, until Etheridge is back, then, you know, there's, it's, it's good to see. And hopefully uh, he's put those past mistakes behind him. But no, overall, very impressive first half. And Ryan Woods is an absolute baller. <laughs> Carl, Carl I, I'll come on to that in a minute. Carl, what are your, your thoughts about the first half, mate? Yeah, I mean, um, pretty much echoing Tom really. The one thing just on Sarkic that I thought was really interesting... Um, was watching the warm-up, um, was uh, Connell Truman was putting balls into the box. And normally what happens is that either the, the coach or the, the keeper that's not taking it will just stand there as an obstacle. But what um, Andy Marshall was actually doing was he was actually blocking Sarkic. He was actually, he wasn't like pushing him or jumping into him, but he was he was properly blocking him and like putting himself in the way. So they've obviously identified that that's a real, been a problem for him is claiming the ball. And I thought that in itself shows that they're smart and they're clicked on to somewhere that is a bit of a problem. Yeah. Um, so instantly you're just like, well, they've obviously identified that. So that was really good to watch rather than just watch one kick a ball for him to catch. You know, anyone could do that, can't they? Mm. Um, and I think from there instantly, I think you can see that they're they're learning with mistakes we're making, which then gives you confidence that actually when we do make mistakes, they're going to rectify them and work on them rather than just it be repeated seven days later or whatever. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think the first half was very good. I mean, we're probably going to mention Chong's name a lot, I think, over the season by, by the feel of it. But he was just just up and down that pitch. And I never really pegged him into that type of player. No. Um, and, and I think, again, Boyer summed it up in his interview. There was one point, I think it was probably in the second <laughs> half, he sprinted 50 yards to get yeah. back and help out. It's phenomenal. Um, Duke was up there battening as per normal. 
Hogan was looking to make those little runs off Duke, which is, you know, the little and large kind of partnership that is old school a little bit. Um, I think, again, Woods, Baller, he's just phenomenal. Um, Harley Dean's run was just so much fun to watch. A little bit like heart in mouth for a minute. But when he got through about three of them, you're just like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> I think I think there's I think the only other, and we've obviously mentioned it, was better at left wing. Mackie did look a little bit out of it in that first half. Um, and Sheffield United, I think, clicked onto that pretty quick, to be fair to them. They were, they were pushing down that channel a lot. But Chong, Peds, Woods, they're all phenomenal in covering Bella if he got caught out yeah. of position. Um, and then when Peds was pulled out, um, Woods would then drop back and cover as the third, which I think, again, just shows how smart he is to do that. You know, when you've got a defensive midfielder that that switched on, and I think he helped snuff out a lot of the... the uh, play to be honest but yeah I felt felt really good I think they looked up for it from the moment we started and um obviously Max's header was just just phenomenal just (laughs) the run he made was incredible and just the connection he got on it was just fantastic obviously not taking anything away from the ball in as well and and yeah I think I ended up on the floor not long after that so yeah Edison would have been proud of that header yeah exactly (laughs) he's been watching Peds do it yeah I, I think that um you know, Colin has been, I think, pound for pound, one of the best signings we've made for a long, long, long time. Um, when the idiot brought, you know, Valerie in, and we, you know, potentially, you know, you might see him out the team. I just never, I just never saw it. I never saw anything other than if you show me a better right back or right wing back in the championship this season, I'm just not having it. I, I just think he's absolutely exceptional you know, in every department of the position. Sometimes last season he got caught a little bit for pace, but it's because we were just so bloody exposed and so unorganised that he just just didn't have the capability to get back. But I really like this dynamic of, and he said in an interview after the game, that that switch pass, that that sort of cross-field ball that he can run onto, and, you know, he, let's be fair, he scored two, not one, because Djokovic didn't even need to make the foul for the second no. goal. He didn't even have to touch him because he'd have been over everybody. Um, but he probably wasn't to know that. But the fact that they're talking is that in this new system that vice versa, you know, Colin on the right and he, he you know, he'd be looking for Bella for that switch pass for that. And we know he can edit the ball, even though he's like four foot one, <laughs> but, but he can. And, and his tech is his great, so we could volley it. And I just think that is just, and Bowie was talking about it again. And it's just so, I mean, thank God that, we were saying last season, what are they doing at Wastills? Are they just seeing how far they can kick it? Because yeah. that's what it was boiling down to. Whereas now, a lot of the the narrative of how that game sort of panned out, they're planning for it. And I know this is really bloody basic, but we haven't had really basic since Rout was there, in my view. We, we haven't. Yeah. You know, just bloody basics around football, around as fans that know anything about the game, how you would expect your team to play. And and for me, um, I love Bella. I love that Bella's wing back. I do because I think he gives you two two players for one. Um, he's an exceptional going forward. His delivery is unbelievable, uh, and Bowie will drill him, one hundred percent coach him into that defensive role and jockeying and holding his position and and just getting that mindset that it's not just about going forward; it's going back. Um, I thought I, I just love that. I, just, I think it's brave. I think it's just really forward thinking and if we can nail that you know because we need those three we need the three in the middle 
I just think we we we're not good enough to play four four two because I don't think the centre halves are good enough without that that wall in front. And if you then you play, I don't think you can play Woods and Gardner because then there's enough cover. So I just think the whole thing worked great. And a bit like you, Tom, when they kicked off and they went straight into the shape, I said to said to my lads, I'm like they're playing three five two here. Yeah. What's going on? Because I'm expecting Chong on the right. And uh, as a four, as a four four two, and I'm really, he's one of those players I hadn't seen enough to make an opinion. I had no idea, you know. He obviously got a fantastic reputation, but not really seen any any minutes on the pitch. And I think everybody knows I had a bit of a <clears throat> a bit of a man crush on Halilovic, and I was absolutely devastated that we didn't we didn't manage to sign him. Having said that, um, he still teased it on Instagram. Yeah, well, by crediting oh, Maxime Collin. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what, mate? I, I think that what Halalovic gives you is that raw, for me, genius. What Chong gives you is a little bit of that, but just work rate. Absolute work rate. And, and Halalovic doesn't give you that. Yeah. And so you are effectively carrying, and that's what Bowie alluded to, is a luxury player because he's not really going to do the, the dirty work, whereas Chong showed enough for me in that first half to say he's got a great turn at him, he's good off out of five yards, he can, he can beat a player, but he's understanding of an awareness of how to defend difficult situations or players that are going to get exposed just to make that covering run and not necessarily make a tackle, but just be there as a presence. Um, I was very, very, very impressed and I because I didn't know what to expect. Um, and I thought, you know, in general, <clears throat> don't think the goal flattered us. You know, so I am 70% possession. If but if the line share of that is just knocking it around centre halves in, in their own half, then it, it means absolutely nothing. Um, I, I thought that, I mean, I like I like Wood. Um, I think there was a few passes that he's there to his past his past completion percentage needs to be 90% plus for the player that he is so he's not going to score goals he ain't particularly quick and he ain't going to get too many tackles in just because but he's that quarterback he's going to he's going to sort of set the tone of the play i think there was a couple of passes that i'd have liked to see him make that he didn't but i think we are so overdue a player like him in our team because we we've got we've said we said it so many times last season that just somebody coming foot short to the centre halves, little five yard pass, get on the half turn and build the play. Um and I think he's got a big season in a blue shirt. Um but but I think that he's he's still probably acclimatizing a bit to to what we're trying to do. So 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 that was it. I mean first half we we probably couldn't have hoped for any more. Um Second half, uh, Cole, do you think, was there anybody or, or anything you would have changed from what you saw in the first half? Did you think maybe we'd get a bit leggy or how do you think that was going to p- play out? Initially, I was quite happy with the fact that we didn't. Um, I think we looked we looked good. You know, we went toe-to-toe. We looked good. We looked positive. Um, obviously, we were forced into making the change for, for Chong eventually, um, which, um, you know, was, I think, obviously not in the plan, I, w- I would guess. Yeah, but there was again. I was a little bit concerned about Bella still, but he seemed to do better in the second half. And and like you say, I think if he can be kind of molded into that sort of role and persuaded, that's a great idea for him. Then I think he he could be phenomenal. Um, and I think 
you know, I think we knew they were going to come at us a little bit harder in that second half, especially with the, the players they had on the bench as well at Sheffield United. Like you say, you know, it's the money they've spent on some of them and more than I think we've spent for years probably. And uh, yeah, but I was fairly happy with it. Um, obviously, why? I mean, Duke, Scott, Max's goal of Max's goal of um, probably some more shooting practice might be on the cards maybe for, for some more difficult shots. I mean, to be fair to Scott, it was a little bit difficult for him, I guess, in a way. He did he did have his back to goal a little bit. But other than that, no, I, I wouldn't have bought Leco on. Or certainly, I know we could probably spend ages talking about him, but certainly not in that point. Because I think Hogan probably deserved to stay on a bit longer to try and yeah. rect- maybe even just to try and rectify that mistake. Because effectively, that was his last real contribution to the game was that yeah. miss. And, you know, he he's very much a form player, isn't he? You know, Hogan. Um, but yeah, other than that, it just, again, they just seemed up for it. They seemed like they wanted to fight. You know, they weren't going to, you know, Sheffield, if they were going to score, they really, really had to do, pull some out of the bag. I think we maybe got a couple of, uh, a bit of luck with the, a bit lucky with the Gardner decision, maybe. Um, but then how often has that gone against us? Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, everyone just looked up for it, and not it's just it's just the positivity, just the belief, knowing that they they feel they can do it. Do you know what I mean? Like last season, there were times, you know, Luton, Bristol City, where the players just didn't look like they they could play football, or, or that they'd all forgotten or didn't want to. And yet yesterday, I mean, that they were trying to. I know it's a bit sometimes considered a token gesture, but they were even trying to, you know, they were trying to g the fans up at, at yeah. different players. We've never really had that you know, outside of maybe Duke or, or guards, maybe. So, yeah, they just looked up for it. And I think that, you know, we've always said that all we want from players in Blues, other than obviously to win and score goals, is players that give everything for the shirt. And I think we've got a squad that will do that this season. Yeah. It very much feels like it. Um, but, yeah, other than that, fairly happy. I just wouldn't have brought Lekker on so quickly, personally. But, um, yeah, um, and I think the rest did, did, well, did all right, I guess, in the end. Yeah, and I think you know the, the the point you make about you know the plays that you know we probably wouldn't have thought would be geeing up the fans and, and wouldn't be so I guess emotional about you know a performance in a game. That's from the manager. He's yeah. not going to take anybody in that squad that ain't buying into this. They'll be gone, and that is literally anyone, anybody that start. I think, well, from my point of view. Anybody that starts to show any sort of signs of being a bit of a big time Charlie or they're not about it for the right reasons, he'll, they're gone, it's over. Um, and I'm a massive fan of that. A massive, yeah. and, and I would say, you know, I think Ililovic is a case in point. He's gone all right, you were decent, but, you know, you're not going to shape the future of this club. So either sign or don't. If you don't, cool. If you do, brilliant. And he's gone and we move on. And, and I do think that that is... Again, a really good example for the other players. Um, and I think he's so fair with... Um, if you look at that side, I mean, the, other than um, Chong, all those players played against Northampton. Most of those players played in that fantastic run when he came in. And he hasn't forgotten that. Okay, he's brought in other players. And we'll, we'll probably touch on that in a minute. But he's been incredibly loyal to the people that got him into this position. Don't get me wrong, he did a lot of it, but he's definitely kept faith with them. Um, so, so, Tom, when, when we went into that second half, were you was it squeaky bum time, or did you, did you think actually, you know, this is this is a Bowyer team? We don't need to go back to the days of you know one nil defending lead, Karanka style, you know, 
five shit substitutions, 70 minutes and lose 2-1. I mean, (laughs) have you flipped into the mindset that, you know, you believe? Yeah, 100%. I I expected same again, second half, if not more. Um, But it didn't didn't really start that way. Uh, I'd say the first 10 minutes, we were a bit slow. Um, You know, we were slow getting back to the rhythm we were at. Sheffield United came out really riled up for it, looking to respond. Um, but we still defended well, denied them. And, um, you know, the Sheffield United fans finally turned up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, they, uh, they they actually made some noise and then it was like, all oh, right, OK. And then the Blues fans woke up a bit and then from there on out, we didn't stop. And then that you know, reflected on the team and we were back in it again. And then we were the better the better side for the rest of the second half. And um I'd say we probably should have finished that game 3-0 up um personally. And I agree with the, the Leco substitution. Um I feel like I knew it was going to happen. Um but when he came on, he didn't do too badly. You know, his high press was good. But then, unfortunately, you know, he got a book in for moaning at the ref and then that high press stopped because of the fact that he was worried about, you know, conceding a foul. So that really sort of slowed down Leko, unfortunately. And it, the strength isn't quite there, so he did get bullied a bit uh, by some of their defenders. Um, so I, it was, I just don't think it was the right time unfortunately, um, but I've still got full faith that Leco can have a much better season this season and hopefully he does. Um, I'd have probably preferred to see an EK though because it was quite a physical game and I think he would have suited it. Um, and he likes to bring the ball down to the floor. So, um, no, it was a shame, but uh, still good commitment from all the lads in that second half. Unfortunate for Hogan, I think he took the shot a bit too early, lashed at it a bit. Um, there's obviously a lot of pressure there. You never know, he might score that with fans not being there. Um, so there's a lot of pressures behind that. And then obviously you've got the disallowed goal as well. It was, I'd say it was 50-50, you know, sometimes they're given, sometimes they're not. Duke probably shouldn't have sort of leapt off him in a way because um, he's gone down easy as most people do these days. And, um, you know, I think if he doesn't do that, Colin still scores. Yeah. So um, it's a shame. Could have finished higher, but you never know. You know, you could go 2-0 up in a game and then relax too much and before you know it, it's 2-2. So uh, I'm happy with the way everything ended in the end, obviously, because we won the game. Um, But no, I do think we probably could have won it by more, uh, but unfortunately we didn't. And then quickly on that handball, um, for me, I don't think it is a handball. Um, I feel like if, obviously, if that was given for Blues, I'd be happy, but I wouldn't stand there and say, yeah, it's a handball. You know, I got. I think it's Gardner who tries to turn yeah. um, and try and get his back to him. His arm's in a pretty natural position. He's tucking up, but it's it sort of slaps about here. So it's obviously it's under the T-shirt line, but there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing at all. It's not like he's putting his arm there intentionally. So I think the ref made the right decision. And I think that a team like Sheffield United are clutching at such scraps like that. Um with the quality they have, I thought was poor because they really didn't let go of that handball. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, um, and then we let them know about it with constant we did, handball we? chance. Oh, that, that, that absolutely fabulous. I mean, yeah, so, uh, it's just, yeah, he's, he's any, any neutral, <laughs> any neutral that watches us play, certainly away, 
now fans are allowed back in. It's just comedy gold. Absolutely love it. England's um, number four was the highest. That was moment. that was incredible, was that? wasn't it? England's number four. We were chanting at Ramsdale for ages. England's number four. <laughs> <laughs> and that he wasn't a very good Jordan Pickford as well. Oh yeah, you just a, a shite Jordan Pickford. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to be fair, the um, the Northampton keeper that was subbed off because he got absolutely loads of being yeah let's say probably hard. not in the best shape i mean i think ramsdale right. took it well to be fair he did get one yeah i think my, my my take out from from the game was how well we managed it um you know we picked up a lot of cards but other than leco the the a lot of those fouls that were made were very very good fouls where they're in, you know, positions that weren't necessarily going to hurt us, but could tactical. Have exactly, and you know that that's all part and parcel of the game. It's all part and parcel of defending a one 0 lead away from home. Um, and but Bowie was a bloody master at that as a player. So it's really good. There's little bits of his personality that are coming across in the team. Um, <clears throat> I felt that yeah, Leco. I watched him at Northampton and he made so many runs. So when you watch, I think when you watch sides, when you watch teams live, you obviously see things that you don't pick up on TV because the camera's just focused on the ball and mostly things off the ball. And I really felt for him that day, really felt for him because he would work his bloody balls off to get into the channels, to just get on the shoulder, to make the runs. And we just weren't delivering the ball that he wanted. So he was getting caught offside because he'd already made one run. Um, so my, my view on that, just on that one performance, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to, yeah, let, let, let's maybe re- review, I think, what we, we're we thinking based on last season performances and hopefully see something in him that, that certainly the manager does. But, but yeah, yesterday, I, I, I agree, I wouldn't have taken Hogan off. Um, to be honest, there wasn't any need. Um it's it's just really really tough, and I think this is going to be the ongoing challenge that there still doesn't feel like there's there's not that abundance of goals in the team, it's just and that natural goal scorer that we've been screaming out for for forever and ever. I mean, even we you know you probably wouldn't class Chad Adams as a as a natural goal scorer. He was just a bloody good footballer, and he he was banging in soft goals here, there, and everywhere. You know, you, you know, yeah. we need that sort of Kevin Phillips sort of player. And I know they're like bloody gold dust, but I think if we could get that within this team with Duke as that focal point, we, we would be an absolute handful. But no, I, I think that um, Castillo, yeah, pro- probably not in a particularly familiar position, but he came on and, and did okay. Um, you know, obviously Sunjic got a run. Um, but, but I think all in all, um, very, very good game plan. I think it pretty much went from a positive point of view, the way that he would want it to go. Um, lots and lots to build from. Um, I, I I mean, with with Anike, I, I'd like to see him play. I'd like to, at least 10 minutes, even if he, and I think he, he needs to maybe get into, I know it's only game one, but rather than just taking Hogan off all the time, he can't keep asking Duke to do 90 all the time. Just give him a break. Because Nico will do, you know, he will bulldoze people. Um, Has he proved in the friendlies? Well, mate, <laughs> yes. honestly, if that isn't a, a Blues cult hero, I, I'm not having it. He is going to be 
absolutely. And I cannot wait for Tuesday because he's going to start and he's going to own Colchester on his own. I mean, the whole back four is just own all of them. And, and I just think we need, there's always, I say always, there's been players in, in, in the last sort of 30 years at Blues, he's come from nowhere and they just get it. And I'm just hoping it's him. Um, because I, and I don't want to make comparisons, but from just what I've seen, I think he's given us a lot more than Leco did yesterday. Just, just yeah. attitude, horrible to play. You, who do you want to mark? Who do you want to? Who do you want to be playing football against, Leco or Aniko? You know, and it, it, it's just a no-brainer. And just get him, you know, get involved, get amongst them. Um, and you know, I grew up watching Mick Arford. I mean, he was an absolute nutter, and he'd be a Blues legend and a proper centre forward. And I just hope we've got that again. Um, but but as far as the the whole everything about the game, and, and I think Bowyer summed it up. It was a perfect performance um, from the the you know the fans that made the journey, from the the noise they made, the support they gave, and the way the players responded, and getting the early goal and. It wasn't a Karanka 1-0 get out of jail. We, I'm with you, Tom. It could have been two or three. And I don't think that would have flattered us. I genuinely don't. So just, just I, I, th- I think for me, just quickly, um, so, uh, Tom, j- give me your, I mean, I, th- I think we probably know, but it's sort of two or three highlights from a player point of view and any concerns that you may have. So just from yesterday's performance. Um, concerns, not too many. Not if any at all. I think the only concern I could I could highlight is something that wasn't really seen yesterday, and that's consistency. Something we've struggled with all the time, every season. Um, so you know, just a run of form, some consistency. You know, keep to a system, but always have a plan B. Um, I was happy with every single player on that pitch yesterday. Um, I think it's also just finding the right moments for the right players as well. So, um, yeah, just finding that that correct squad harmony and the, the correct balance. And I really think we could be a threat this season. And obviously, like you said, you know, we are lacking that sort of natural goal scorer, like that Philip Stein. Obviously, we've been linked to Lyle Taylor. But judging from today, Lyle Taylor's on yeah. the score sheet for Forest, and he started for Forest. So I think they'll be a bit more reluctant to let him go now. Um, so, yeah, it just depends if we bring one in or not. Uh, but obviously we're linked to Scott Dan as well uh, to oh. bolster the defence. And I would love that. I would personally yeah, love absolutely. that. I think that would be a good signing. But no, overall, no real concerns. Some fantastic performances. Proud of Sarkic for stepping up. Um, Chong was amazing. Really surprised me. I thought he'd be more like a um, the, the sort of... I'm trying to think of the term now. Um, what Helilovic was? What is it? Um, oh, luxury player. That's it. Yeah, I thought Chong would be more of a luxury player, but he wasn't. Um, he was a hard worker. If anything, he was actually better defensively than he was going forward, but still caused some problems, made some good runs, and that's why he got man of the match. And then Maxime Collin was just Maxime Collin. Let's be honest, he was fantastic. Yeah, uh, and Carl, would you agree with those sentiments? Anybody else stand up for you? Yeah, I think Tom's summed it up. I think, I think I see the need that I need to see a bit more from Sarkic, maybe just just to get that confidence in a fan base. You know, there are a lot of fans who are a bit shaky on him. I'm one of those from a 
just from a, being a former keeper point of view, I'd like him to be a bit more commanding. But obviously, he's he's got to grow into that role. You know, he, he's kind of been thrust into it a little bit, obviously, with what's happened with Edridge and stuff. Um, but other than that, yeah. Um, and it'd just be interesting to watch, I think, what happens with the left wing back position. You know, if, if Bella is going to be moulded into that role or if it was literally because Castillo hasn't necessarily had the time. Um, and then obviously I'd just quite like to know when we're going to get uh, Graham back as well, to be honest with you, because it's kind of gone a bit quiet on what he's got. Because I think he had a thigh strain, didn't he, or something? And it seems to be taking a bit longer than than maybe mentioned. But, um, but yeah, other than that, I think consistency is key for Blues this season. Too often we're up and down like a really bad roller coaster. And uh, I just take a season just middle of the road, nice and calm, you know, um, and consistent. And, and I think, you know, I know there's 45 games to go and there's a long bloody season, but there's just not even a belief that we're going to go up. Just, there's just belief in this side and the positivity yeah. is there from the entire club, you know, from, from the fans to the squad to both, even to the communication we're now getting. Do you know what I mean? That's, you know, compared to where it was. Um, and I just think it's just it's just a good place to be right now. Or it certainly feels like that anyway. We're going to uh, win the league. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I must admit, I've already... 40 to 1 looks an absolute... You're buying money at 40 to 1 there. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just think that um, there's obviously... We still, I don't know, maybe still in a bit of that... I don't know, maybe honeymoon period, you know, Bowie... Uh, hasn't put a foot wrong. The players will will see that. Everybody involved with the club will, will feel the same way. Um, the keeper worries me. I thought he looked really shaky for the majority of that game yesterday. Um, yeah, I, I, I do worry. Um, I mean, he made the one decision where he came out and headed it for a throw-in. Yeah, that, that was, was quite scary. Absolute <laughs> car crash. Uh, there's one where he parried it out to the middle of the... I mean, actually, we turned out okay. Cross came in. And he sort of parried it out towards the penalty spot and then recovered. Um, a couple of crosses where he had a couple of bites of the cherry. Um, and, you know, we, 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 we have no choice, you know, until uh, Etheridge is back uh, to fitness. He did more than enough for me last year to nail that number one spot down. Uh, I, I love him as a keeper. He, he's, he blues through and through, even though he's only been there for a year. Uh, and I think the, the lad that's come in, yeah, Graham, you can't criticise him too much. It's a clean sheet. Um, but I do worry. Not going to lie, not, not going to gloss over it. And I said, I think Woods, I, I, I love that we've got that player, uh, that, that type of player that's really going to build the play in a considered way, not just lumping it. But there was a couple of pretty easy passes that he missed out on yesterday that should be his bread and butter, which were a bit disappointing. Gardner worked his socks off, as he always does. Um I, look, I think if we can make Bella a ring back, it's the biggest no-brainer ever and fair play for him to trying it. And that's why he would, you know, he'd never do that with Sanchez because he's too lightweight. He just can't do that uh, in that on that right-hand side. Um, but no, as starts go, um, Chong is the one player that gives us that bit of magic dust. <clears throat> you take him out, we're, we're combative, we'll be tough to beat, but we probably haven't got that sort of little bit of, as I say, a little bit of magic to maybe break sides down. Uh, he's going to give us that. So, you know, unfortunately for him, one game in, there's a lot of pressure on him for me. And and I just hope that the, the hamstring was very much, uh, you know, more of a just feeling a little bit rather than it's going to go completely. But uh, but I think as a as a first 
as a first start, you know, that first game of the season, we didn't just nick it. We didn't do the one nil shithouse move. I think it could have been easily two, possibly three. Um, and, and it does bode well for the future. So, um, so yeah, just, just, just very quickly talking about the future. Um, obviously, game on Tuesday against uh, Colchester, which I think in its own way is going to be really important because we're going to see those fringe players and the new signings coming in, hopefully. Um, and then obviously, to, to I think it's Stoke on, on, the, on the weekend, uh, which again is going to be a tough game. Um, so very, very quickly, Carl, um, thoughts on, on the importance of Tuesday and then into Saturday? Well, it's game time for fringe players, isn't it, ultimately? And it's their chance to step up in a competitive game over 90 minutes. Uh, I think we need to win and I think we need to go after it. You know, we've not had a decent cup run for, for a while now. You know, we, we went out the first round last year to Cambridge. Year before that was, I think, 3-0 to Pompey. Year before that was Reading even, I think, where we played kids. So I think we've really got to go for it because it just it just keeps that positivity, doesn't it? It keeps the yeah. confidence flowing. Um, and I, like you say, I think it's good for, for players who are on the fringe or who aren't necessarily going to be the first names on the team sheet to get a game and not just that, get some goals, you know, if, if they're not playing, you know, I mean, maybe a great game for Leko to, to get his confidence, to, yeah. to score a couple of goals, you know, and, and people like that. And and it's just, just important to carry that through. I think Stoke will be difficult. Um, I can't remember. I think they beat Reading 3-2 yesterday in the end, did they? I think. Um, which, which is, you know, a fairly solid result. Sound like a bit of a crazy game as well. So, Stoke are always a difficult team to beat, but I think if we go forward with the way we're playing, then I think, you know, there isn't really going to be anyone to fear in this league. Yeah. Um, and and that's why I think Tuesday is probably I'd be a, a more important game just to keep that that confidence flowing throughout the entire squad, really. Yeah, I know, I know I'm with you. I've, I've, whatever, whatever, whether it be Blues or any other, you know, team I follow in different sports, momentum is the absolute key. It doesn't matter whether it's, you know, the League Cup that inverted commas doesn't mean anything, but it does mean something. Um, and, and, I, and I do I do feel that for the whole squad, and though he's been very um, clear on his thoughts, that it, it's not just about the 11. Yeah. And I do think if somebody goes and smashes in, you know, a 10 out of 10 performance from midfield on Tuesday or gets a hat-trick, they're knocking the door down on Saturday. Because I just think that's the way he's just common sense management. He won't look at that and say, well, it was only Colchester. I think if Aniko goes and smashes three in, who knows? We may see him on Saturday. And that, and that for me is the way it should be. So, no, I, I'm I'm with you. Tom, what are your thoughts on on Stoke? Maybe more so than, than Colchester. Do you think that's going to be a tough one? And, 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 you know, just from a tactical point of view, how do you think he's going to, I guess, face face those guys you know, at home, do you think you'll stick with the same formation or do you think you'll change it up? I think we'll, I think we should stick with the same formation and I think it'd be rude not to uh, probably go with the same 11. Um, you know, consistency, big part of the game. And if it doesn't work, then make sure you've got a plan B and you've got the right options on the bench. Um, but no, I certainly think that we should set up the same way, same players, because they've certainly earned it after that performance. Um, maybe uh, no, I wouldn't even take out Hogan. I think on no. you know his his general passing and his work rate, his movement was all there, just the end product. So hopefully he can find that against one of his former employers on Saturday. Uh, but no, Colchester players I'd like to see Graham and Ek Leco and Castillo. I'd all like to see them involved 
and yeah. um, you know, see if they can try and hit the ground running this season, and um, you know, make, make a claim for why they should be in the first team as well, and uh, just keep up that competition going really as much yeah. as possible. No, I t- totally agree, and as I said. I think if anybody shines on on Tuesday, they're going to be knocking the door down, and rightly so. But but on the, I guess on the flip side of that, I, I think Hogan, for me, he's the he's so frustrating, but he's the key because we know what the potential of the player, and he's proved he's proved it, you know, for a very short spell with us. But you know, before that, with with Brentford, when he banged in an absolute ton of goals, he, it's there, and I think maybe it's just time and belief, um, and I, and I do hope he gets that because I don't. I don't think we've got anything else in the squad that if Hogan clicks, we've got nothing as good as that. So I don't see the point of taking him out and hoping that Lecco's going to click because we definitely haven't seen that. And he hasn't done that for, you know, he had a good season when he was 17 years old. So I, I just don't, I don't see the gamble. I don't see where the upside is, but I do think the Anike situation could be very interesting because he looks hungry to me big time. Um, and I thought Graham, I mean, the time that boy's got on the ball is ridiculous in very you know close uh, contact areas where there's just no space. He looks like he's got an abundant of talent for me. So, no, it'd be good to see all those guys. Uh, I, I think it would be remiss of us to to maybe not mention over the last week that um, very interesting when obviously the the best player to come out of Birmingham City since Trevor Francis moved on uh, kept us up. Uh, probably kept us solvent, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, did amazing things in the in the summer, uh, and yes, we we retired his shirt, which I'm I'm still quite happy with, to be brutally honest with you, uh, because everybody actually sees what a talent this kid is, and the love that he has for the club, and and the love that we have for him. Um, and then you look at the shit houses down the road, and oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> I thank myself every single morning when I wake up that I'm not one of them. Jesus yep. Christ, unbelievable embarrassment of football. It's awful. It is just, it's hilarious that they can keep their, uh, you know, whatever it will be this season, 15th spot. Um, <laughs> and I uh, just, I cannot believe it. But I am actually, actually quite looking forward to seeing Grealish play now and enjoying it because he's a hell of a footballer. And I could, you know, can watch him without, you know, with that horrible, horrible shirt on. But no, again, the, the combination of how we've, I think, as a, as a fan base of lo- had the loving with Jude and, you know, um, the way that we supported, the, well, you guys were there, supported the side this weekend. It just feels like we we're almost back to where we were, but just with a bloody good manager and a bit of positivity about the place. So exactly. I'm sure everybody feels the same way. Um, and as I said, some some of the stuff on, on social media has been unbelievable. Um, I loved every minute of it. So... So I think that's it, boys. Um, good to get one out the gate on a, on a positive note. Really good to to catch up and, and see you again. Um, and and I think for me, really really positive and more of the same. And I think you know we haven't really got to worry about Colchester. But uh, before we go, um, Tom, a little prediction on Stoke. Uh, oh, oh, John, we always beat Stoke at home. Three 0 Blues. <laughs> Standard. And Carl. I'm going to go for my, my uh, normal uh, both teams to score and Blues to win. So I'm going to go for two one Blues. Fair play. No, I, I'm uh, I'm re- I'm just really chuffed with that. It just seems to be that uh, massively turn a corner. Uh, they're, they're buying into the gaffer. I, um, like I said, I'd, I'd maybe if I if I could get sort of some some of the new signings in, 
um, at one point, but I think we'll beat Stoke. No, nothing to worry about there. Uh, I'll be with you, Carl, probably 2-1. Um, and we get this uh, bandwagon moving, and if we can get six points out of two games, then it's all going to get out of hand very, very quickly, which is fantastic. <laughs> it's about time, isn't it? Um, but on that note, boys, Carl, thanks for for. Yeah, it's been great to, to speak again. And uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it's it's good to be back. And, and Tom, as ever, um, you've done some amazing work in the in the off season. Um, I've been watching you. Um, Cheers, mate. <laughs> and, and no, and, it, and it's really good to catch up. And um, I hope that all the Blues fans out there, you know, we're, we're three familiar faces. And, uh, you know, I'm really, really excited for the season. So uh, thanks, for, thanks for your contributions, Tom. So that's it. Um, another season. Here we go. Uh, it is my 47th birthday today, and uh, it's been like a millstone around my neck for many years <laughs> being a Blues fan. But I have to say, last night feels like we've turned a massive corner on so many fronts. It's uh, it's really, really exciting, and I hope everybody enjoyed that. I hope everybody's enjoyed this, uh, this content. As I said, spread the word, subscribe, like, leave your comments, and we'll be back on very, very shortly. But between now and then, keep right on. And as ever, stay safe. Sports Social Podcast Network.